Today's podcast is sponsored by PUBG Mobile. This month, PUBG Mobile is celebrating its third anniversary with exciting special events and offers. Join the third anniversary celebration of PUBG Mobile and be the last one standing with your exclusive PUBG Mobile Cup today. For a limited time, collect your exclusive PUBG Mobile Cup from your local Carl's Jr. or Hardee's when you purchase a large drink. Offer available while supplies last. Download PUBG Mobile today from the App Store or Google Play Store and play for free. See you on the battlefield. What's good, Bracago? We got a dope show for y'all. Welcome. We got Chris Charla, Senior Director of ID at Xbox, rocking with us today. Massive love to y'all all in the chat. Here we go. Let's get it. Let's go. Spawnable is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What up, what up, what up, everybody here in broadcast land, Twitch land, spawn on me land, Bracago, we got it in, yeah, anywho, massive love to everybody here in the chat, everybody here in podcast land, everybody listening for this show and all the shows that we do because it's so fantastic, we get a chance to do all this wonderful stuff every week with all of y'all. Thank you so much for coming through and listening to the show. And thank you so much for watching the live show here on Twitch, usually at 6 p.m. PST uh, on Wednesday evenings. We have a banger of a show today. I'm very, very excited to bring that to you. But first, we have to give a big shout out to our wonderful sponsors over at PUBG Mobile. Uh, they are sponsoring the show for the month. And they are fantastic. We ran a, a wonderful kind of pre-roll ad for all of them in the beginning of the show. We'll have another one during the middle of the show. And we'll talk a little bit about more of the cool stuff that they're doing uh, for all of you out there in the world. Again, if you're watching live, you can check out some stuff by hitting PUBGM in the chat uh, to let you know how you can redeem some codes for in-game items and other wonderful things like that there. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, we'll have all of that information in our show notes and on our descriptions on YouTube and all that wonderful stuff over there. If you got a chance to listen to our show last week, or if you missed it last week, you missed a banger of an episode. Uh, we had a fantastic episode all about six days in Fallujah. And a lot of folks have been giving us some love for the work we did with that show. Um, it is a interesting show to do because it is one that, you know, a lot of folks within the industry um, have a hard time kind of talking about. They were trying to figure out good ways to kind of discuss it. But I think we did a fantastic job and we also got some really good uh, feedback from a lot of different folks within the industry about how we did and what they thought about the show in general, which was which is pretty fantastic and and, and, and really great to be able to have that rock with us this week. We have a pretty amazing show. Um, we we snagged Chris Charla, who was or is, I should say, the senior director of ID at Xbox, um, who came by a little bit earlier today. We recorded we pre-recorded our conversation uh, just to make sure we didn't keep him up super late. Uh, and I'm going to play that in a second. But it was really great after the showcase that they had last week that showed so many fantastic, really great um, 
kind of future games that are be coming to the platform. I think it was something that I didn't really have a, 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 a big expectation for how it was going to work because, you know, ID at Xbox, when they put out, you know, their showcases, their stuffs are bangers. They do a really good job of pulling in so many different kinds of games, so many different kinds of titles, you know, all over the genre space. And, and it was cool to be able to talk to Chris about not only his legacy of doing that work uh, in in the space and kind of where he came from, uh, but getting a chance to talk about how the indie space has evolved over the years in a in a big way, which is super, super cool. Um, so we're gonna get into that in one second, but before we do, again, a couple of things to note. Um, again, you know, we're gonna be doing a couple of things that are that are new, not necessarily during this show, but we're gonna not have a post show this week because um, there isn't a lot of news this week, to be honest. We're really just gonna be talking about the interview that we did with Chris. I think there is one thing that I do wanna show at the after the break, um, so it'll be a little bit weird for our audio listeners and maybe we'll do it separately. Uh, but we got in the Xbox headset and, and I want to go over a couple of the features and, and show it, show it off a little bit during the stream. Uh, so that may not necessarily be great for the audio folks, but we'll do it afterward, uh, to, so that you can all kind of check it out and see it. Also, if you're watching the live version of the show, you can check out this new dope merch that I'm rocking. So one of the things that all of our Chicago residents have been asking for, for a long time has been, Hey, Ka, when are we going to do hats for Bricago? When are we going to be able to do some merch like that so that we can get and rock and represent for, for Spawn on Me wherever we go? We finally have hats. We moved over to High Pass. Oh, no, not High Pass. Uh, high Score Tees. Uh, and High Score Tees is now rocking with us. Uh, they brought us into their partner program. So now we have everything from hats to sweatpants, to joggers, to hoodies, to really nice mugs. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff uh, that we're rocking now. And you can go to bit.ly slash SOM gear. Uh, if you wanna go cop that, you can type uh, exclamation point merch in the chat and you can get a link for that right there. But yeah, we're, we're doing cool stuff with them. They are a part of the rare drop team uh, which is a huge, huge, huge um, uh, uh, entity that does a lot of stuff around the gaming space and and, and merch in that space. So um, it is fantastic to be rocking with them. Our older merch is still at our old store. Um, we're going to be phasing that out because there are some designs that the folks over at um, High Score have made that are just for High Score. They designed those, they made those, so those are not necessarily our designs but they are a part of our branding now so that that's that's the cool part about doing a partnership with somebody like high score is that they can hook it up use our marks and our brands to make dope stuff on the on the gear that they have across a bunch of different things so we'll be doing some specialized merch that's going to be like limited edition stuff down the line that only you know you got to get in for the couple of days to go cop it we've been talking about some real cool stuff uh, in that respect, if you want to get some real dope spawn on me swag that nobody else in the world will have because we'll be super limited, uh, be looking for that very, very soon. So we'll be doing some stuff that. But if you like some of the older stuff, you know, we have the, the Black Power Fist um, logo. We have a whole bunch of those. We'll be working those into designs over at high, at high score. 
soon, uh, but they're not there yet. So if you want some of the old stuff, go cop it now because probably at the end of April is when we're going to phase that store down. Um, and then uh, everything will just be on, on high score from that point forward. So again, massive love to them uh for 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 working with us uh for for bringing us into the fold you know thank you for everybody who's been following us on twitter following us on instagram following us here on twitch you know subscribing all those things we see hannibal royce up in there with the with the with the sub right there doing it for for for, for the tier one love i love it thank you so much for doing it um and yeah i think this week we have a pretty banger of a show i think chris is brilliant uh, we're gonna let it rock let you listen to it. And then right after that, we'll come back after the break. We'll talk a little bit about the Xbox headset and then we'll be out for this week's episode. So make sure you're giving Chris Charles some love at IOCAT on Twitter. Tell him what you thought of the show once you've listened to it. Again, if you're on Apple Podcast, give us a five-star review. I'm gonna start going back and reading those. I haven't had a chance to read those in a long time. Uh, and we're gonna do that. Plus, um, we're going to be doing, I'm going to be recording my um, Snyder Cut, uh, Ask Cut Anything uh, episodes this week. So that'll be out probably towards the end of this week, maybe over the weekend. Uh, we'll have those up and ready. Uh, and then I have a couple of more, a couple more announcements at the end of the show to talk to you all about. So here is our interview with the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Charla, uh, Senior Director of ID at Xbox. We'll be right back after the interview. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And here we go. Welcome to the show, Senior Director of ID at Xbox, Chris Charla. How are you doing, Chris? How's everything going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I am I am very excited to have you on the show this week. Um, I have been a huge fan of your work for a long time. Um, we met uh, through, God, this was maybe like five or six years ago now at an event where Mike Micah, fam of the show, uh, introduced us. And I was like, holy crap, that's Chris Charla. I know who Chris Charla is. He does all the cool stuff over at Xbox. Um, uh, so I'm really excited to have you on. It's been way too long uh, for me to be able to snag you, but I'm excited that you're here and that we're going to be able to talk about you, all the wonderful stuff that's happening at ID at Xbox, and just kind of the the indie space and how it's grown in the in the past couple of years, and and how how much you've had a, a great hand at that. So, um, again, thank you for being here, and I, I kind of want to dig into kind of just the Chris Charles story. So, you know, where did you kind of start? I know that you had a a a very interesting jump into this space, uh, not only. Uh, you know, just in the work that you've done prior, but like, I didn't know that you were also, you know, a part of the press at one time over at IGN as a founding editor. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I was one of those kids who always, like, I always wanted to be in games. Like, I never really, like, even when I was like 11, 12, I'd be walking around with my friend and we played on the Apple II and everything like that. And we would, we were those like annoying kids who would like call the companies. Cause in the olden <laughs> days, they would like print their phone numbers and ads and stuff. And, or you could call information. Like, and so we would like call these, you know, call Infocom in Boston and be like, can we talk to David Bling? You know, and sometimes he gets through, you know, and then, you know, this poor dude is just trying to like do his job is like talking to these two 12 year olds and like, who are like, well, what's happening with the next game? And so my friend and I, um, we never really thought we would do anything else. Like we always just thought we were going to grow up and make text adventures for a living. Um, it turns out that market didn't, um, keep going, but, um, 
but I, I, I was always into games and then also always into to music and always made like fanzines going all the way back to when I was like five and six and stuff, just like little hand drawn things. And, um, and so, um, when I was getting close to the end of college, I was like, I had majored in geography, which is super interesting, but like, uh, and so <laughs> I was like, I just love magazines and video games and, 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 and I love punk rock too. So I was like, I'm just going to move to Oakland or Berkeley. And, um, and so after college, I did, I did that. I did the classic um, thing. I was just very lucky and privileged that I was able to leave college without debt. Yeah. And um, I didn't have any money, but I didn't have any debt. And so, <laughs> um, and so I got, I bought like this used station wagon. I drove to Berkeley. Actually, I squatted in a abandoned bus repair factory for like a few nights. I was kind of like couch, you know. Yeah. Like, for a little while till I found a place, like like a couple of weeks, not that big a deal, but you know, it was like, I didn't have very much money. And, um, but I did have a Macintosh and I think these roommates really were excited to use the Macintosh. So they're like, <laughs> all right, we don't know this dude who's gonna ever be able to pay rent, but like, he's got a Mac. So, um, hmm. so that's how I got an apartment. And then um, I, I did, I think it was easier now, but I did the classic thing. Like I had got a, a postal mailbox and back in the days before cell phones. Right. So I got like a voice mailbox. So I paid this oh. company so I could have a phone number on a resume, yeah. just always go to voicemail. And I, I call it from a pay phone. It was very nineties. And, um, and, uh, so, but anyways, I, I got a job at a, at a computer magazine and was, and got, and got to do their entertainment stuff by offering to work for free and everything like that. And then, um, I was at a CES and I saw this magazine, um, uh, called Next Generation. And it was just like, what is, and this was like right when Wired was blowing up and they're actually the floor above us at, at the magazine I worked at. And, um, and I was like, what is this magazine? It's so cool. Like all this tech, but it's games, but the design was really high end. Um, and, and, um, and I was like at a fanzine editor party and I met this woman and I was like, oh, you work at this company. You know, she worked at the company and she ended up just calling me a couple months later and saying like, they're hiring, you should call them. Huh. So thank you, Greta, for that was like my, that was my break, right? And uh, I called them and got an interview and uh, and then I got a job at this magazine called Next Generation, which was published by the same company as Edge and was like the US version of Edge. And we they would basically, every month, they would send over their CD-ROMs of all their editorial and we'd send over our CD-ROMs of all our editorial and it was kind of pooled. And it was, um, for somebody who's just like, I, I would just, you know, I, I'm kind of like a, kind of a, a nerd or whatever, like it was like the best job ever because yeah. like I got to be the, I was associate editor, but then features editor and I got to like, you know, and this is before the internet, right? This is when mm -hmm. like AOL was the internet. So I would, I got to do these feature stories where I could, you know, spend like, and as a journalist, I'm sure you appreciate what a luxury this is, like two and a half weeks oh. researching one, you know, like 4,000 word article, oh, man. you know, researching it, right? But like, nobody gets to do that today, right? <laughs> no. Maybe like top YouTubers get to spend that much time cumulatively, but a regular work a day video game journalist does not get to spend two weeks researching nope. one this doesn't happen <laughs> and so it was so i was so just lucky uh, uh to have that that role and so i got to you know meet all my heroes i got to finally like interview david bling and all these people and uh and then um i got to write these articles and it was super super fun and um and i um then somehow or other we started doing websites and um and then jonathan simpson bent who later went over to twitch um uh, like years later, it was like, what if we did, you know, there's all these fan websites, like, 
what if we did a fan website ourselves, but we like paid someone to do a fan website? Huh. And it was like, <laughs> and uh, you know, with also the idea that they would sell ads on like other fan websites and start like a a, a network of ads. And um, so that was IGN, the Imagine Gaming Network, and we did three sites our own, and then we we partnered with a bunch of other um, sites to do their ad sales, um, and. Um, it was pretty cool. It was really fun because it was like it was in this era when, um, you know, the web was incredibly disruptive. And oh, yeah. at the time, PR people had this notion of like, well, we're going to, um, you know, send you the discs and then you go to print. And three months later, the magazine comes out. So we have this huge lead time. But like a website could print that the next day. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. like that really broke everything. And so it was really hard to even get press releases. They wouldn't let the magazine share builds with us. Um, obviously, eventually things changed and, um, you know, and, and, and the, the world is the way we know it today. But but that was IGN. And I was the, the launch editor for a few months and then went back to NextGen as the editor in chief. And that was like a dream come true for a couple of years. And then um, I went and started working in games. And um, that was super fun. <laughs> I, it's it's so cool because I think again like I'm only into the industry proper for probably two and a half years. Like I, I, I moved over to Intel out of kind of the video game media space. I mean, I'm still doing the show and, and all those things, but like working at a company now where we're actually doing stuff in the game space, and I always have so much love for folks who have made that leap. Because it's hard. It is not an easy leap to make that change career-wise. You've done so much work over the over that that kind of long stretch of time to you know you know hone your chops and 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 kind of figure out and make those connections and do all that work. And it doesn't feel like you ever throw that away. It feels like in a in addition to you know you being able to do your job in a really good way. But I would love to know you know what were your thoughts when you got that kind of like initial. Like, okay, I'm going to go work at Xbox. I'm going to go work at, you know, somewhere else in the industry. Yeah. So, so, so I first went to this company called um, uh, Digital Eclipse, which became Backbone Entertainment, which became yep. Foundation 9. And, and you know, and I was there for 10 years. And it was, um, I felt at the time, like I had, um, I kind of like, I was the editor-in-chief of the my favorite magazine of all time. You know what I mean? And they're like, where do you go from there? Yeah. And I just had a kid. And at the time, you know, um, we were less, uh, I mean, I think as a, as a society and as games, we were less um, um, progressive about work-life balance. Oh, and yeah. so there was a lot more of like, well, if you're not prepared to be here till midnight every night, like, what are you even doing? You know, and of course, you're there till midnight every night, you're screwing around for half the time. But um, <laughs> but anyway, but you know, I just had a kid and I was like, uh, I need to do something that's probably less time consuming. So let me go start do development. It, like turns out it's not less time consuming, um, but um, but um, but yeah. So I so I so I went into development, and it was it was really fascinating because it's like, and I I started working on Game Boy games, like handheld games, and mm -hmm. that is like I think it was a great like lucky place to start because I uh, don't have a very long attention span. I like to do lots of different things, like and that's why magazines are so great because there's always like twenty features going on or twenty reviews and everything like that, and you did a new one every month. Yeah. And um and uh uh so working on Game Boy games was great. Like my first game was like a six week game, and um and all, all, all that that was like right when I turned thirty, and also like right when nine eleven happened, like yeah. right when I shipped my first game, and I had this baby. So it was kind of like I have a real break in my life between like my 
younger years and like yeah. my older years. It was like very, but, um, but I loved it. And the fascinating thing was, I feel like I learned more in the first like three weeks of working in development than I had learned in like six years as a journalist. And as a journalist, I had all this access, um, but 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 you know how it is like you're you kind of you know people are guarded around you and, yeah. and and of course they may say things off the record which of course you respect and everything like that but you know pe people are a little bit more guarded and then once i wasn't a journalist anymore like all of a sudden like i felt like i was in this club where yeah. like all of a sudden people it wasn't like i learned that much different but like people talked about different things like i suddenly learned about the you know the the the, the beauties of certification at the different uh, platform holders and what they're called and how they work and what's tricky and what's not tricky, you know, and, and I just, as a, a person who I would, I would consider myself like, um, not to sound like whatever, like I'm a huge game fan. And I guess I consider myself like a student of the game industry, yeah. right? Like I, I love it. I just want to learn more about it. And so just like getting to learn about Nintendo's cert process or Sony cert process or how dev relations worked at these different companies was just like, it's just like, I just felt like I was, you know, learning again. So I love, I really, I really loved it. And, um, you know, doing a game in six weeks is also like really, I can't recommend it because it was not a good work-life balance, but you do, you learn from those kinds of experiences too. So it is also so, uh, really interesting how, how the, the guards come down once you've moved out of the journalist space, uh, because people do feel like they can weirdly trust you in a way that is more open and more kind of just like, I don't have to guard what I have to say because you may use it against me or make a story about it or, or that kind of stuff. It's so interesting to hear you and other folks in the space, you know, share that sentiment because it is so true. <laughs> it is yeah, such a different for, thing. For sure. yeah. yeah, it's such a different yeah, thing in that great. respect. So that's 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 nuts to hear. But but good also to remember that, that that's a part of that equation as well. Um, so you so you've left IGN at that point. You did some work at Digital Extremes for a bit. And then what was it like when Xbox came calling? Was it a thing where you kind of saw a thing out in the world? You're like, well, I feel like I'm ready for this. Or was it, you know, did they snag you and say, hey, hey, Chris, come work for us? Yeah, it was, it was kind of like, um, it was a little of, of uh, both. Also, it was Digital Clips, not Digital Extremes. Sorry, party. Which was Digital Extremes. Um, uh, well, <laughs> both, both great companies, but both I didn't work company. for that one. Um, yeah, it was. Um, we had been doing like a ton of Xbox Live Arcade, and I was convinced that Xbox Live Arcade and really like just like digitally downloadable games were like the yeah. future of video games. Like, um, I always tell the story in in you know November when Xbox 360 came out. Like, I waited in the pouring, freezing rain in Western Massachusetts for like six hours to get my ticket so I could get one. And I got one, I could only buy one game because I didn't have a bunch of dough. And so I just bought like this game and I got home to my mother-in-law's house and set this up on her like, you know, she still had like a wooden yeah. tube TV. It was awesome. Yeah. And um, it was a PS2 port and it felt like a PS2 game. And I was oh. like, I think I might've gotten bronchitis <laughs> and this is like not like that impressive of a game. Like we gotta do something. And you know, I knew we had made, we had made some launch XBLA games. And so I hooked up to her Wi-Fi and just like started downloading. I think there were like four or five XBLA games available day one and downloaded all those. And then all of a sudden I was having a great time. Yeah. And it's like, this is the future. Like this is the future. And I, and I don't know if you remember, but in the early, early 360 days, you know, every game had a demo and you could set your 360 to automatically download the latest XBLA demo yep. and they came out like on Wednesdays. And I would like rush home from work and to be like, what's the new game? And yeah. and and I get to play it right now. And if I like it, I can buy it. And so I was I was just all in on um 
digitally downloadable games and, and really XBLA. And so um, my company, by that time, Foundation 9, we had made like a ton, like a 25 or 30 games for PSN and XBLA. And so I got an opportunity to go to Microsoft as um, first party, like Microsoft Studios or Xbox Studios to be the portfolio director for, um, for XBLA, which was... Huh. Mm-hmm. Total dream come true because I had spent the last ten years as a dev, you know, going to GDC and E3 and everything else, and um, you know, you're, you're pitching publishers because um, it was in that era of like work for hire. That's what independent development was really. Um, but like you're hanging out with devs, and now all of a sudden I was on the other side of the table, and I could suddenly be doing deals or working with all these devs who I was, you know, n- knew from you know, just hanging out at GDC yeah. and seeing cool stuff or sharing source code or, you know, the, the, the development community is, is incredibly, um, you know, open and connected. And so it was just a really neat, um, really neat transition. And then, um, so it was XBLA. And then as we were getting ready for the Xbox One transition, we were, had been pioneers in digitally downloadable software with XBLA in the early 360 days, but the market moved so quickly that by the time we got to Xbox One, we're starting to be behind the curve and mm. devs could self-publish on PlayStation, they could self-publish on Steam. We There were technical reasons why it was very difficult for us to enable self-publishing on, on Xbox 360, um, but we, we needed to get there. And so um, in conjunction with a lot of other people at Microsoft, people like Blake Fisher and Angela Hessian, um, we um, developed the um, the ID and Xbox program, and which is the, the the program I'm still you know a big part of today, which is um, enables developers to self publish, and then also we spend a, a huge amount of effort like trying to uh, make sure those games get promotion and get visibility, and you know now that we've sort of solved um, platform access. Um, you know, discoverability is the next big hurdle. And so doing as much as we can to help solve that for players. For yeah. Games. And I remember, I mean, I was a huge fan of the Xbox Live arcade days. I remember very much and feeling like that was the the precursor to, to ID at Xbox in a real way, where it was the space where yeah, these new and funky games just kind of coming out and people were just like, what is this thing that just dropped this week? And like, this would have been the thing that might not have ever gotten made if it wasn't for a space like this. And it feels like ID at Xbox is now kind of, you know, even expanding on that in, in, in much bigger ways. I know that there were some stats that came out that I, I'm, I'm trying to recall about just how many developers and how much, you know, how many developers have kind of been through the process over the past couple of years. and Tons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never sure what, what what's um, official or not, so I should be careful, but it's been more than 2,000 games have yeah. come through the program uh, in the last seven years. And, um, you know, they, they've generated, you know, um, more than $2 billion in revenue. And um, it's just great to see that um, sustainability. Like, we knew it was there. You know, we knew that, you know, players really enjoyed this kind of content. Um, And and so we had not just faith, but data to say that, you know, that was going to continue on Xbox One and and, and obviously now with Series S and Series X. Um, But it's just great to, it's just great to see, right? And what's so cool is that while, you know, the market has matured, you know, and, and games are a hit-driven industry. Not every game is a hit, like, by by any stretch. There are still games that I'm going to say come out of nowhere. They don't come out of nowhere. They right. come out of, like, an enormous amount of hard work um, for, for years, usually, on the part of the developers. But games that maybe aren't well-known and then just, like, um, for the mainstream audience, like, 
pop on the scene and are are huge hits and and still coming from single devs. And so, you know, Cuphead's kind of the canonical one, the Moldenhauer's, you know, producing this game, but, you know, um, Shotgun Farmers, which shipped um, earlier this year uh, uh, on uh, on Xbox One, like comes out, I mean, it had a big community. He yeah. had developed an amazing community on TikTok, but like shot to the top of the Xbox chart. And I think for a lot of people that was really surprising for me and for everybody on the idea of Xbox team, like that's like the, you know, it's just so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you know, when, when those kinds of stories happen, um, it's, and they happen all the time at lots of different scales. It just like, it just feels awesome. And, and, and I love to hear that because this is, it's also like GDC is my favorite, favorite conference, right? Um, because you get to hear all the scuttlebutt between devs and, you know, it, it's, it's like, I remember very specifically, even a couple of years ago, like I did Xbox had this really funky booth right at the front of Moscone, right? at like think of Moscone West, uh, yeah. and you kind of walk in and you had like this big booth with some of the games you were all kind of profiling and, and showcasing and, sh and show and showing for that, for that year. And I remember specifically, it was a couple of devs that I knew and somebody was like walking past another one and someone was, somebody was like, Oh, your game is in the booth. You got signed. That's awesome. Like people were like, it's this interesting energy too around like feeling like you're in the, like you graduated to the NBA, like you got picked in the draft or something like in that way, which is, which is super cool to, to see that that's a part of, you know, the, the, the gaming community and also the way that devs talk to each other and like are really pushing and excited for each other in that way. And that's beautiful that you're going to be a part of that. It, it really is. And, you know, we're, we're a tiny part, right? Like we yeah. just provide the platform and try and get out of people's way. Like the, the goodness obviously all comes from the devs. But one thing that is really true is the development. And maybe a lot of people don't know this is that the development community is pretty close, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not, it's not like you're competing, you know, with these other devs. Like there's a big elasticity demand for video games and as long as your games don't come out the same day, you're, you're probably not really even, you know, competing in any way, shape or form. And honestly, even when I worked in the work for hire space and we did have like direct competitors, mm -hmm. they were like some of our best friends, you know, mm -hmm. like we were, our little studio is a direct competitor with like vicarious visions at the time. And, you know, and, but we were like buddies cause they knew exactly what we went through and we knew exactly what they went through and, how can you not be friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the, the, the positivity that we see in the, um, in the game community is just, it's just an amazing thing. And it's like one of the reasons that it's like, like, I always like have kind of two views on this because I feel like we in the game industry, there's a lot more we can be doing. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a lot going wrong. There's a lot that we are not there yet. None of us, I don't think are at the, I don't, I, don't, I mean, none of us are and i don't think anybody thinks they are at a place where like we're good like the mm. industry is running well and we should be able to like pat ourselves on the back and like take a bow or something like that like by no means uh am i saying that but at the same time on the plus side there is just an enormous amount of like awesome stuff going on and great people and yeah. things that make you feel really happy too and it's always a balance like you gotta like you got to focus on the work that we have to do, but then you also had to take some pleasure from the, the great stuff that's happening too, to give you the energy to do the work, to make it even better. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, we all are, are cognizant of all the things that are happening in the world around us, but it's also like, you know, you talked a little bit about it earlier, you know, like going back and, and playing that game on that old wooden, you know, uh, wooden TV with the, with the tube. I was, I was like, the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, I remember my old RF converter because I remember I used to had to use that to be able to plug in yep. uh, and play games and, and, and do that stuff when I was using my my uh, my my Astrocade when I was very, very young. Um, nice. so, so it's like one of those things where that conversation winds up coming back up. And we have we have the, the luxury of having some perspective with us being older in the space too. And I think that that's also really important because I feel, it feels like, you know, I tell people like, yes, there are things that are absolutely wrong, but we also live in some of the most amazing times technologically that we've ever been able to kind of do all the stuff and have conversations like this with, with people who we, we, we appreciate and, and, and enjoy and, and, and get to play games whenever we actually kind of want to, uh, which, which is wild. And the games are really good. Yeah. Like the games are like amazing. Like the even bad games today are tons better than average games ten years ago, twenty years ago. And and the variety is ridiculous. And I'm gonna shout out Game Pass here for a second. Yeah. Which like uh for gamers of a certain age, they probably remember um going into Blockbuster to rent a game. You know, maybe they got to rent a game for the weekend or something like that, and you would just be confronted with like this wall video games uh -huh. and it's like okay hopefully they're all in stock but you can get whichever one you want and that was like such a feeling of like i don't want to say power but it was such a feeling of like I, I get to check out something cool and no risk worst case you got like a, a bad game and you returned it on sunday and forgot about it and but to me like game pass from just for the way i experience it like it rekindles that excitement of like i get to try everything yeah and um and and i i love that and then the, the the only problem now is there's just like too many good games you know because there's just like so many good games and um um it's not really a problem to be honest it's yeah. you know because it means that lots and lots of people's tastes get fulfilled but but um if you're a generalist there's a lot of games to play and, and, and it makes me think and i had a question specifically kind of around that where i remember maybe five to seven years ago there was this kind of trend fatigue right where you would see a game come out that got really popular and then got and, and kind of blew up and then you see a lot of copycats come in right after that space it doesn't feel like that's a thing anymore um in that same way and i feel like you as a person who's kind of seeing you know a lot of stuff early and seeing things kind of come to the platform in that way are you feeling like that's still a thing or are you really just seeing like this really big large breadth and depth of like every version of game that you can possibly think of you know i honestly had never considered that until you said it just now and you're 100 percent right because there was like you know you'd have like roguelike fatigue yeah. or side-scrolling pixel art platformer fatigue and that was like a real thing that you were and you you could see it in you know broadly in sales trends that the early you know running guns were like this and then the later ones were like this and mm. now the running guns are like this and please don't tell anyone to make a running gun <laughs> this is an example from the 360 era by the way yeah. um but um uh you're really right. There did used to be that trend fatigue. And I think that you're also right that it kind of doesn't exist anymore because now it's more about there's such a breadth of content out there. Mm. Um, and, and especially things like Game Pass that it's now it's more about like, what am I in the mood for? 
You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm in the mood to grind and I want to play a roguelike and there's like a bunch of roguelikes I can play. And sometimes in the mood for run and gun, sometimes in the mood for pixel art, sometimes like, I don't know what I'm in the mood for, but that box art looks cool. So what the hell? I'll just download it. And, um, and, and so I, I think you're really right. Like, I actually think that's a really super interesting point that like genre fatigue in, in some sense might, might be a thing of the past because we're now at like, uh, I don't even know what you call it, genre ubiquity. So it's more yeah. about what you want than yeah. what the market is offering you. So yeah, that's, I, I agree. Yeah, it's 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 been so cool to kind of dig into that too. Cause I like, I was thinking about stuff today cause like uh, um, Narita Boy dropped today. Um, and I was, I'd, I'd seen it before and I was like, oh, this is the thing I definitely want to play. Cause it, it fits that thing of just like the aesthetic. I'm just like, Ooh, you know, that goes back to my old flashback days of like, Ooh, this is, this feels good. Um, and it's fantastic. It's nuts how, how good that game is, but it, it is one of those things. I was just like trying to figure out, like, I can kind of get whatever I want now. And I don't have to think that hard in terms of one, trying to find it and seek it out. Cause we have multiple sites. We have things like game pass where the offerings are there. And it's kind of just easy to be able to pluck a thing out and say, what, what do you want to check out? But also the indie space now, which I, which I think has been forever in a day kind of not given the due that it deserves because there's these, always these big conversations around, you know, triple a space and now even the double a space of, you know, why those things are the kind of blockbuster games that kind of kind of push up a lot of the conversation that we see to a mainstream audience. But I've always said and kind of felt that the indie space is what keeps everything afloat. It's the thing that is the, the thing that bridges the gaps between those super big titles, but also gives so many other folks to be able to kind of like dig into different ideas and all that kind of stuff. How, how has that kind of looked from, from the ID at Xbox perspective of like seeing not only just how many games you've kind of helped enable, you know, get, getting out into the world, but how that has actually kind of helped to, you know, kind of sustain the industry in, in that way with the work that we're doing in indie space. Yeah, it's been really, it's just fascinating. I mean, I could talk about this for like probably a week. Um, it's, it's, but you know, as we, you know, I, I, a lot of times I come at things from a, a perspective of history and it's like, as we saw kind of the, um, you know, big publishers, obviously stay big publishers making fantastic games, but a lot of the mid-sized publishers kind of started to go away or consolidate, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And that kind of happened coincident, and I do think it was coincident, with um, the rise of indie developers into the cultural consciousness, the cultural mainstream. Obviously, there's always been independent developers. Um, and, you know, you go back to, like, um, I guess it's, I mean, how many years ago now with, like, with um, like Castle Crasher and braid like in 2008 um it's kind of i was chart like that's kind of when the golden age started mm. and one of the things that like um i think that the i was talking to somebody about this yesterday and i said this is maybe the only insight i've ever had in my life and but <laughs> what, what it was an insight was that like independent developers or digitally distributed games put it that way um we're gonna fill those um that kind of void mm. and um um, and, and also, um, what I thought at the time, and I think not a hundred percent, but you can squint and say like, this is a little, you know, accurate that we would see, um, sort of like, um, islands of stability in kind of team size and game size, um, that looked a lot like what had been successful in the past. Right. Mm. And so you've always got like single person games that can just break out and do gangbusters. And then you also have like the three person team game and that kind of tends to lend itself to a certain size game, you know, with, with variations. And then there's like the, 
the five to seven person studio, the 12 to 15 to 17, but we're never going to be 20 studio. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the 25 person, the 40 person and the maybe 80 and then it's like 200. But there's not like, there's not a lot of like eight person studios, you know, it's it's really weird. And I don't, I have no idea why. Right. But there's, it just seems like if you're, you you can be five stretched to seven and the second you're eight, you're 12. And so, and I don't know why that is. And, huh. and it's just an observation and it might not even be right. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, I, but I feel like I've seen that. And I feel like um, games kind of, um, you know, a, a game that is like a 12 person studio game. Now that can be broad, right? Yeah. You know, that can be like a very small game or it can be a pretty big game. It can be that 12 people can be not enough people and it takes longer to make or it can be too many people and you should have done a fat, whatever. Like there's a, a lot of variations there, but it's it's really interesting to see that um, independent developers have kind of filled that space. And when I, I, I look at it and it, you know, it's so kind of the question you, you posed originally, which is like, you know, are these games like, um, you know, supporting the time between big games or are people choosing these games explicitly or, you know, the answer is just yes. It's yeah. like yes to every possible scenario. I really look at the today's independent games as kind of like the found, this is just me personally, it's kind of like the foundational content, mm. right? Where there's there's a lot of them, which is awesome. There's always going to be something in that meets your tastes. There's always going to be something new and, um, and and so it's it's just whether you're somebody who plays those games explicitly or exclusively, sorry, uh, or somebody who you know is more, um, you know, I'm a multiplayer shooter fan, and that's I play that ninety percent of the time, but ten percent of the time none of my friends are online or I'm bored, and ah, what is this little thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, let me check it out, and uh, or I'm playing with my cousin, so like we better play you know a different game that that, that she can play, you know, or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. So there's all kinds of reasons, but I love that 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 games from independent developers like fill all those spaces in the in the catalog yeah it, it has been really cool to see and it's changed so much in just even the past time that i've been in the space which is like maybe 10 years now at this at, at this point of just like how different not only the ideas of what indie is but how that has changed and morphed into so many different versions of like you said how big is your team you know who are the folks who are producing it were you from a bigger studio than that that then you know you know decided to do their own thing and and leave and have that kind of institutional knowledge that's in the space um it's really also cool to see the technological leap which i think has been wild to see um i, I was looking at some of the the games that were in the, the showcase and, and by the way fantastic job on the showcase um i think that was uh go ahead i'm sorry yeah Oh, Glenn, Glenn and Teo are our marketing team and, and our portfolio team, Nick and all, everybody just like did a, it's, that was awesome. They nailed it. I mean, I, I'm sad because we didn't get a chance to do it in person like we usually do, but it was like, oh man, this is nuts how much stuff is here. And I remember kind of looking through some of the games in there and again, the, the diversity in terms of the way things just visually just look is so different in terms of the tool sets that, that people are have access to and all that kind of stuff. Um, how how is you know new hardware kind of played into that new systems are out xbox series s and x are out there in the space you know how how are folks kind of coming to that because they're getting new dev kits to be able to work on the the new games they're trying to make have have they been kind of digging into all the bells and whistles that are coming from the the new architecture in that way yeah 
Absolutely. Like we, we see maybe not everything that's been announced, but like we see tons of interesting things. And like, it's just like you would like expect and hope, like you give independent developers like something and you're like, oh, you're going to probably use it for A, B and C. And then, you know, five minutes later, somebody's like, what about X, <laughs> Y and K? And you're like, Yes, like of course, you know, and and so um, so I think there's going to be things that come out um, that that really um, are doing really fundamentally different things that you just don't expect, and that to me that's what I love about um, you know working with independent developers is you you can't predict the shotgun farmers or you know, right. and 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 we're I, I honestly feel like we're getting I wouldn't say we're quite there yet, yeah. but I honestly feel like we're getting close to that dream, and I remember when I was at Next Gen, so like many years ago, uh, like talking to people who would say things like in the future, the technology is going to get to a point where any artist can make a game. And we are like, if we're not there, we're darn close. Now that doesn't mean it's easy to make a game. It's it's a ton of time, a ton of effort, a ton of, you know, just work. So I'm not, I'm not trying to discount that at all, but we're way closer to the point where somebody can have a vision and implement it if they're willing to work hard than we were, 20 years ago where it's like you're gonna have a vision and be willing to work hard and like now climb up this vertical learning curve of like learning like shader code and it's just not in the wheelhouse of somebody who maybe comes from like a different creative bent than a than a programmer yeah and and i think like there's a game right now that we showed um in the showcase um uh called despelote and it's uh from ecuador and it's just sort of this soccer playing game but when you look at it, the look of it is like, it's got this, I can't even describe, like, I'm going to have to use like fanzine terms. There's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. There's Please. a fanzine or there's a printing process technique called the risograph or risograph. Mm. And it's, um, it's an old fashioned technique. It's really close to the way ditto machines work, mm. but it produces this beautiful, um, printed quality and it's usually on kind of like a rougher paper and the ink that it uses is um transparent and so if you you, if you overlay you know and it's usually like two color printing or three rarely four and it's really hard to register so you can't like reproduce a photograph but like if you overlay you know like pink and blue you get purple and but you get this so you get this like amazing artistic effects and people who i've done a tiny little bit of it but the people who know what they're doing are just like masters but like despelote almost has like this risograph or risograph however you pronounce it like look to it and you just see that game and i'm just like what i just want to play this game (laughs) now like it just looks so cool and i like i love that like nobody thought about that when they were making xbox series x you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like but it's like it's just so neat so anyway no i love i love i love nerdy stuff like that that made me think of like when i used to work in a public school system it was like a big drum that i used to have to spin oh, to get the, yeah, yeah. It's, it literally it works that way like yeah. i've gotten to use these machines and it's like it yeah. is old school it's super super cool and, and it, again it goes to like the conversation of like i remember seeing i think it's exomecha uh during during the show and I was like doing work and I was like typing this thing and I looked off to the side to go see what was happening. And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, did, did battlefield six just get announced? Like, what is this game that just popped up? On the thing? But it tells me it's like th- my expectations are now so different for what an indie game can be. Cause there was this really interesting, you know, mind connection that happened before where you would think indie and you had an idea in your head of what it would look visually. And that's gone now. That feels like yeah, the whole that, thing is just not even a thing anymore. 
Yeah, there used to, there was this tiny period, or maybe it was a long period, where you would say indie game, and and your brain would immediately think pixel art platformer. Yeah, and pixel art platformers are awesome. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to like diss pixel art platformers by any means. Like those, they're great, but it is just much broader now, and it, it and it goes from you know X Omega, and then on the other side, maybe it goes to like an airport for aliens currently run by dogs, which yeah. is near the law. I don't know if you've seen that game, but it's so, it looks so wild. It's, it's, so just, weird. it's just the strangest, just going around interacting with stock photos of dogs and trying to get spaceship <laughs> tickets. So like, I mean, wild. it just, so um, it just goes, it, it just goes everywhere. And I, I that, that is kind of what I love about the, um, I love about the space right now is like so many different people pursuing so many different creative visions. Um, you know, it's just, just awesome. Yeah. It, it, we, we, again, we live in fantastic times when it comes to, to the experiences that we're able to kind of pull together. We're, we're almost out of time. This time has flown by, man. Um, I got two more questions for you before we let you go. Yeah. Um, one, you've been doing this, you've been in the, the Xbox family for how long now? 10, 10 years 10 years or so what's your favorite part of your job what's the what's the thing that when you wake up you're like man i get to do this part and this is super cool i i love working with developers and i love working with the id and xbox team yeah. like it's like one of the 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 crew that we have is um the it's so passionate so dedicated to devs and um you know it's like like one of the things I actually dislike about the job is when uh, I don't dislike it, but you understand what I mean. It's like I get to do a lot of interviews, and this yeah. is like super fun. It's awesome to talk to you, but it frustrates me because like, like I'm not the only one. You right. know what I mean? Like I'm the person I, I was here first, and they picked me as the face, and that's fine. You know, because somebody has to do that. Yeah. Um, but th th there's like so many more people. You know what I mean? Whether it's like. Sarah Conde or Karen yep. Mitchell or David Ashbrenner, you know, Agostino Simonetta or Guy Richards, or Chloe Yusti, like, Salmir, you know, like, there's just like so many people on the team. Um, I mentioned Nick, Damon Baker, you know, like, yeah. there's just like John Katz, Mike Mace. I think, I think I'm going <laughs> to name everybody. Michael Waters. Um, there's just like so many people on the team who are doing like so much cool stuff and getting to like, um, work with them every day, get your assumptions challenged, see what other people bring to it and know that we're kind of like all on the same page. We're all uh, focused on the same thing of um, just helping devs. And, and, and it's just like a constant learning experience. And it's just like, it's incredibly satisfying. Like working with devs is fantastic. And working with like the team I get to work with every day, used to be in person, now it's on teams yeah. is like, is, is, uh, is also just is brilliant. So it's um, it's just it's just really fun. You have a damn good squad. I mean, I've met I've met some <laughs> folks in the crew, and I'm like, man, you're all really good at what you do. Um, yeah, and it's super a really lucky. and again, like the the conversations I hear often about working with all of you from devs has been the experience has been just so great. Like everyone has been like, like so happy with the way that you've treated them and the opportunities that you've given them and, and, and getting a chance to showcase all that hard work in a, in a really big way. So again, kudos to you and the team. And I, I have to get Sarah on the, on the show at some point too. Sarah Gandhi, she's, she's dope too. Uh, yeah. She's awesome. She's awesome. She's yeah. And we, she's I, 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 I appreciate what you said. We can always do better. Like we mess up, like we mess up, you know, plenty. So, um, I don't want people to think we're, we're like 
we know we mess up, we mess up sometimes. So, yeah. um, but, we, but we try, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we're yeah. always trying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, one of the things that I, um, as, as a fan of you and, and, and a person who kind of keeps up on folks in industry, cause I'm, I'm an industry nerd too, where it's like, I think that the, the biggest and best conversations about this industry are less about the games and more about the people who are in it because, you know, there have so many brilliant people in this space who could be doing anything else with their brains and their times and energy and they're making games and entertainment, uh, which is, which is great. But I think one of the things I've loved to see about you over the past couple of years, um, and learning about that is how much you love to skateboard, which I've always found to be super cool. And I remember very specifically because the ID at Xbox, uh, 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 booth every year would do these dope giveaways of all these skateboard decks and sadly, I never got one. I was so mad because I had one. And I was like, somebody saved one for me and then it got lost in the mail. But I didn't know that you were such a big skateboard head. I didn't know that that was like one of the things that like brings you so much joy. And it's so cool to see yeah, you talk I, about it sometimes. I love it, but I need to be very clear. I am terrible. You know what I mean? And for, for anybody who really skateboards who's listening, I'm going to describe myself and they're going to understand exactly what kind of skateboarder I am. Uh. I really like to push around. Uh, now you know everything there is to know about me as a skateboarder. Like I love it. I love to push around. I love GDC. I I, I don't I don't want to mess up the camera. I could reach on yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah, you got the, you got uh, we got it. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do uh, it. Yeah, it's they have these great boards and they're so pretty. They're so beautiful. Like they're all different uh, from year to year from what I've seen over over the past couple of years, and they've been so yeah. So this was this was the 2020 oh. deck, which was just awesome. Oh, um, it was so cool and um, so good. It uh, unfortunately Moving we didn't get to, to distribute your, to them your, because right. yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. We didn't get to distribute them because of uh, COVID. So yeah. I don't know what we're gonna do. And 21 is virtual at GDC two, so maybe we're gonna print out some little number two stickers and give them out in 2022 and you can make your own. <laughs> to, uh... I love that though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always one of the cool things of like, you, I'd be walking around GDC. And I was like, where did you get that? It was like, Oh, that's at the GDC. It's at the ID at Xbox booth. You got to go over there and see if you can snag one. Um, I, I love that. That is a part of, you know, who, what, what makes you, you, uh, in your downtime and you find a lot of, a lot, a lot of satisfaction and fun in that thing. And that's, that's cool. I, I love seeing that that's a, another part of who Chris Charla is and outside of the Xbox parts of what you do. So. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's fun. Cool. It's a, it's a good, um, it's a good way to, um, if you've never skateboarded before, like, uh, you will not be able to think about anything else while you're skateboarding except for skateboarding. And so it's a great way to, um, uh, I don't know. Meditate's not the right word. Distract. I don't know. Calm down. Like yeah. it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, again, thank you so much for hanging. Uh, again, I know it was a little bit short notice, but again, we'd love to have you back on in the future. Talk more about this. Have more of the folks on the team come on to the show to talk about all the good work you're doing. Again, some of the games that I saw in that showcase, especially stuff like Narita Boy and Void Train and. I mean, I'm a big Annapurna fan, so anything that they do, you know, with 12 minutes, I'm down for. Again, it feels like you're all in this really great space in terms of being able to showcase and bring so many great titles to to all of us at home. And it feels like, you know, it's been, you know, a, a vast amount of time and seeing ID at Xbox grow. 
but it feels like you're in in the groove now in a really good way that that is going to kind of compound and, and and grow throughout the, the next couple of years especially so you know thank you and the rest of the team for all the wonderful work you do and, and and thank you so much for spending time with me today i appreciate it yeah for sure and i just want to thank all the developers for making all the video games and bring them to xbox yeah. thank you yeah. <laughs> it's like the best thing ever so yeah we we everybody on the team loves what they get to do so uh thanks for having me on and um i, I really appreciate it i'd love to come back whenever and but actually you should probably get somebody else from the team on like uh get some different perspectives so i want to do a, i want to do a show that's that has nothing to do with id at xbox but i'll bring you and you and micah on just to talk a whole bunch about war stories uh you and oh that would be fun that would be uh, fun mike I'm, has some i mean I love he's that. got some great ones so Good, good dude, good dude. Um, everybody in Chicago, hey, this is Chris Charla. Chris Charla's killing it with the rest of his team over at ID at Xbox. The devs are doing a damn good job making dope stuff for all of you at home. We have more stuff to talk about in the rest of this episode of Spawn on Me. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by PUBG Mobile. This month, PUBG Mobile is celebrating its third anniversary with exciting special events and offers. Join us on March 21 as PUBG Mobile will hold a special live stream third anniversary celebration event featuring some major game announcements and special guests. This third anniversary music festival will kick off a year of amazing new content for PUBG Mobile in 2021. Download PUBG Mobile today from the App Store or Google Play Store and play for free. See you on the battlefield. Welcome back to the Spawn Me podcast. Again, thank you to our wonderful sponsors, PUBG Mobile, for supporting the squad, supporting Bracago, supporting all of us doing all of this cool work here in the state of Chicago, what a fantastic dope interview with the fam chris charla senior director over at id at xbox again he i one of the reasons i love doing this work is because you get a chance to meet some of the folks who um really really do make the space better and and, and really have found ways to um bring something very special to the space doing the work that they do you know there, there are folks who, who, you know, spend a lot of their time making decisions and making, you know, uh, things kind of move in, in good directions. And Chris Charles is one of those people. I have to say, it's always, it's always super dope to be able to see him at conventions and say what's up and say hey. And 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 I was, I've been trying to get that interview for a long time. It's just we've just never gotten a chance to cross paths in the way that I'd hoped to. So getting a chance to do that uh, this week is is a blessing, and I and I'm super excited for that. Um, shout out to everyone who, who was hanging out with us live on the chat. Shout out to rib jumper, which will be coming to a, coming to a platform soon, uh, brought to you by vicious productions. Uh, it'll be really, really cool to be able to see that come to, come to the space, uh, knowing that it's going to be, you know, one of the best games on the planet. Um, yeah, it's, it's been very very cool to be able to kind of do that 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 work with those folks and and we hope to have more of them on the show soon it would be really really cool to bring on one people from the xbox platform to talk about everything from x cloud you know we're still in the hunt to get phil spencer on the show at some point i would love to be able to make that happen and make that be a real thing that's on my on my bucket list to get phil spencer on the show um so again you know phil has been been fantastic and 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 giving us love uh, here and there and it's been so nice to be able to see all the work that he's been doing so you know shout out phil spencer on twitter and, and say hey we'd love to see you come to Bracago and and, and rock with us so we're gonna get up out of here but before we do we have a couple of things that i wanted to kind of go over so we got the 
Xbox headset in. Um, and I wanted to talk about it really quickly. It's going to be a little bit weird for, again, all of you in the audio space. Folks who are watching this on YouTube, you'll have a better kind of understanding of what's happening here. Um, but I just want to show it off really quick. You know, this is what it looks like in the, in, in the wild. Um, it is a really fantastic headset. Um, I'm really digging what I've been able to, to play with this. There's a couple of things that I think are brilliant about the way this thing is designed. So one, each of the ear cups, if you, if you check them out, they have dials on the sides of them that will independently change different versions of the audio. One is kind of the mix between your voice and the game. So on the left ear cup, uh, you can see there's a dial here that you can move that changes the uh, mix between those two volumes. And then on the other cup uh, is kind of just the up and down volume for, 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 for everything. It's, it's, it bounces all those things out. One of the things that I thought was really interesting in the design was one, um, it still has the kind of, uh, and you can't really see this on camera, but it has the kind of stippled uh, designing that you see kind of on the top of the Xbox Series X, which again is in line with that. It still has the, the Xbox green in it. The microphone, which is a little bit stubby. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not the best microphone. I will say that. Like I, I was hoping that the microphone would be better, better quality. And maybe it's because you can turn it and maybe that turning it, you know, kind of more towards your mouth uh, will give you a better sound, but it's still a little bit tinny. Um, even though there's an equalizer in it, um, it doesn't feel like the levels in which you can equalize change that much. Um, it is really interesting because Bang and Alfson, Alfonson, um, they just talked about or debuted their headset, which comes in at 500 bucks. Um, I would love to go check out that headset because um, B&O, they make amazing gear. So we'd love to be able to check that out on the show. Um, and also there's a really cool light here on the back of the microphone. So basically whenever you go and uh, you want to basically hit the microphone, you have an indicator light that you can show someone else in the house like, oh, the mic is off if they want to talk dirty to you uh, and all that kind of stuff in the house. <laughs> so you not have to worry about getting your freak on nastiness uh, in the house with, with the microphone on because people will be able to see it. The, the other real cool thing about the headset, besides its weight, which I think is actually really helpful and the ear cups being very, very large, kind of you know going over your ear, is you can turn on the console from the headset. It's really dope. So there's a little green button that turns on the headset. And when you turn it on, it'll turn the console on, which is great. It's actually kind of cool because you don't have to get up and go do that. You can do it with your controller, of course, but if you just tap it on, uh, the back of the headset, you can turn on the console and do it from there, which is which is also really sweet. Um, last thing about this, which is the the killer part of the Xbox headset, is again we're still trying to figure out good ways to bridge out, you know, cross gameplay, you know, gameplay across consoles, uh, cross platform play. Um, and I was playing a lot of games with Danny Peno from Gamertag Radio and Rihanna Manuel from G4. We were playing a lot of uh, zombies and we, we were making specific uh, choices not to invite Paris Lilly because he's bad at video games. Um, and, and one of the things we wound up finding is that, you know, some folks were on Xbox. So we were playing on PlayStation 
And because of the way that COD was working, we weren't able to um, hear each other. There was just a problem in the way that in-game chat worked and it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Um, it was really, it was really a, a pain in the butt to be able to try to get things together. And it was, and it, it was, it was like not great. Um, and one of the things that we wind up doing was having to jump into discord a lot was to kind of bridge that gap so that we could, um, you know, hear each other in game and have fun. That would take like 30 minutes because we would try to do it the right way. And it would wind up taking like 30 minutes to get that thing to work right. And it sucked. It was not a good experience. It sapped all the fun out of the room and it made it really, made it really terrible. The beautiful thing about the headset is that while you're on your console, you can pair this with your phone or your iPad. Um, and then if you have Discord on there, you can use this as a secondary device to play and talk to other people in a Discord chat. It works seamlessly. It is one of the best features of that headset. I know other headsets have had it, but it's nice to have something that's dedicated for that particular machine. Like right now, I have two different headsets, one for each console. The other, my Astros AA20s, I think, uh, I think are, are over on my PlayStation. And then this is just what I use for my Xbox. It has been great to be able to have the option for both and then also have them work so well together, which has been extremely, extremely cool. So yeah, I would say, and, and again, the price point is is really cheap in comparison for, for what most kind of high-end uh, headsets would, would, would run you. It's really affordable. If you're in the market for one, I think you should cop it. It's very, very good. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, if you're listening to the Twitch version of our show, um, I got to give some love to my man. Oh, it's PM, uh, and action Jackson, Jackson, action Jackson over on Twitch and Mets pitcher coming to you from the bullpen, Trevor may, uh, who have, collab together they have their show may contain action uh which is a fantastic podcast i was a host i mean a host i was a guest over there a couple months ago they treated me very very nicely uh and they were super good and a lot of fun um so go check out their show go give them some love and, and go listen to the show but together they have also um decided to to pool their resources together and make um this music service for streamers called high pass gg so some of the music we've been playing during the show uh, for the breaks and, and stuff during the live broadcast has been from them. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple uh, Apple playlists or Apple music, I should say. Sorry. Um, and other places. And it's great. It's all licensed free music. It's from folks in the community. It's from, you know, other uh, uh, artists who have decided to share their music so that you can stream it and not have to worry about DMCA stuff. Um, and I highly recommend it. It's been very, very cool to listen to their stuff. Um, and I think they're going to broaden that out to maybe even have, you know, uh, guest producers come in. So you maybe, maybe you see a car beat, uh, on, on high pass GG at some point in the future, which would be super, super cool. We're going to try to get them onto the show sometime soon to talk about, you know, the process of all of that, how they've been doing it and what they've been kind of doing with it, which has been pretty fantastic. Um, and before we get up out of here again, check out our new merch, uh, bit.ly slash some gear. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff over there. Again, really dope stuff. I'm rocking the hat right now, which is brand new. It's a it's a fitted joint, uh, which is which is super fun. Flex fit. 
uh and we have some fantastic stuff over there that's 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 pretty damn good i'm, I'm really digging the quality of stuff that we've gotten working with high score tees uh so very excited about that and uh coming up this week uh in terms of things that i'm doing and and and, and running around on um episode two of presence of mind will be on twitch's i'm sorry on cloud nine's twitch channel so twitch.tv slash cloud nine uh this week on april fool's day we'll be talking all about trolling uh and how it affects not only us as individuals but how it works in the game space how it works in the industry and all those kinds of conversations so we're going to be doing that in conjunction with cloud nine and kaiser permanente so it'll be myself greg miller and alana pierce as all hosts on that show every other week is when that winds up happening and goes down so make sure you go and hang out with us at 5 30 p.m pst uh, to go check out our new show over there uh, to be able to check out some of the cool stuff that we're doing uh with cloud nine around mental health and and and, and the folks over at kaiser permanente so a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm going to go play some Outriders. I am an Outriders ambassador. Um, we're going to be doing a, a stream with NVIDIA very soon, uh, showing off some of the goodies that DS, DLSS and and um, all, that good, all that goodness has in the space for Outriders. Big fan of that game. Got a chance to play some a little bit uh, earlier today. So good. It is feeling real good. Uh, I'm waiting to get a chance to play it on PC. Uh, we'll be doing that very soon. I'm going to be playing it on PS5 tonight and then, you know, jumping over to Xbox because it's on Game Pass and I have a lot more progress on that side of the fence. So I'll be playing a lot of it there. Once it's out live, would love to play with all of you in the community. We'll figure it all out of how to make that happen and, and get together and get some games in, maybe stream it uh, and do some of that as well. And yeah, I'll be doing a front page stream on Saturday, Saturday of this week at 1 p.m. PST, rocking it with my fam over at Harmonix doing a Fuser stream. Excited to jump back into Fuser because they are brilliant and fantastic. So I'll be on the front page uh, here on Twitch um, doing, doing a thing, playing some music with all those wonderful folks um, from the Fuser team. So I think, again, Massive love to you all. Thank you so much for coming through. Again, give us some love on the internets. Uh, we have a lot of goals this year uh, to, to break through. I'm almost at 17K followers on my personal Twitter. Uh, the show one is almost hitting 10. Uh, we're trying to get everybody to 20, uh, and then we'll be able to get some other cool stuff in the way for everybody out there. And again, thank you. Massive love to our friends over at PUBG Mobile for sponsoring the show for this month. Uh, definitely go check out the codes at pubgmobile.com slash redeem if you want to get some of the in-game goodies that we have to offer for all of you and make sure you're checking out the game uh, and let the folks know that Bracago sent you. So massive love to you all. We're going to get up out of here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, show will be out on Friday uh, and you'll be able to check all the video stuff out probably during the weekend or early next week. So Make sure you're getting some love into that space and, and be nice and be kind to each other. It's been a really rough week for a lot of folks. We got to give massive love to all of our trans trans family. It's not been a great week for them. I want to make sure that we're seeing them and giving them love and giving them support uh, because, you know, they need it as much as anybody else does. Uh, and especially also to our, our Asian community fam, 
we we had not forgotten about you. We are we are behind you. We still have your backs. Uh, and is there anything that we can do to make you uh, better out there? Then please let us know as as a show and as as the person who runs that bad boy. Uh, so we got to give everybody some love and make sure that we're, we're getting it in. So massive love to everybody out there. Make sure you're checking out all the cool stuff that's coming down the line. And then we'll see you all next week with Spawn on Me. And uh, we'll see you very, very soon. Much love and peace. Deuces.